Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League update. Welcome to Football Social Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast. So by default, the best daily Premier League podcast as well. I'm Jim Salverson. I've got Marley Anderson over there. Hello. Adam Brown over there. Hello, Jim. And it's the international break, so it's slim pickings in terms of Premier League news. But we've still got a few bits to talk about. We're going to be chatting about Roy Keane's war of words with Sir Alex Ferguson. We're going to be talking about the gap between the Premier League big boys and everyone else. Is it getting bigger? Is it getting smaller? And it's not strictly Premier League, but it still has an impact on the top division. I want to know what you think about the £50,000 fine that's been handed to Huddersfield Town in the last 24 hours for their Paddy Power shirt sponsor stunts. Was it fair? Was it just? We'll talk about that very shortly too. But before we kick on, as always, if you leave us a nice review on iTunes or wherever it is you find your podcasts, you might be getting a shout-out on the show, just like Mank Pete, who left us a review that said, this is the perfect mix of light-hearted chat and insightful analysis. So I'm not sure which episode he was listening to for the insightful analysis. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, Pete. Appreciate that. Right, let's get going. Let's start with the Terriers, who are now £50,000 out of pocket after the FA fined them for breaching advertising regulations with their Paddy Power stunt earlier this season. So here's the deal. Here's what happened. Huddersfield Town wore a really heavily sponsored garish football shirt branded by Paddy Power. It was in a pre-season friendly and it turned out it was all part of Paddy Power's Save Our Shirts campaign where they have paid for sponsorship of football league clubs up and down the country, but in fact had sponsorship removed from their shirts in return. And it's kind of backed up with advertising hoarding around pictures and all that kind of thing, which I think I have to say... I quite like it as a campaign. I think it's quite it's a nice a great idea. Campaign. Yeah. Very so clever. Have Huddersfield Town be hard done by here to be handed a £50,000 fine for essentially wearing branding in what was a friendly? 100%. 50 grand for that. And then you take into account that Millwall got charged 10 grand for racist chanting in the stands. How is wearing a shirt in a pre season friendly five times worse? than actual real-life racism. It is baffling. 
And then as well, you've got Leeds. There was loads of Leeds fans fuming online yesterday when this news broke. 200 grand they got fined for a man standing on a public footpath watching Derby County train. <laughs> Four times as much as wearing a, a, a funny shirt in pre-season. I mean, come on. You know, it's pre-season, it literally doesn't count. What yeah. upsets me about this is your comparison you make with Millwall and the idea that they get got fined 10 grand, as you said, for racist chanting in a league match. And you just go... Where are your priorities, FA? Yeah. What exactly are you cracking down it on? It sends out the completely wrong message, doesn't it? Like, oh, well, well it, it, you know. What it does, it shows where those priorities lie. And the priorities for football at the moment isn't in the care of players. It's not in the well-being of fans. It is 100% in the way the business makes money, which is depressing, but it's true. I yeah. think the thing is, because it was pre-season friendly as well, you know what I mean? It was... <laughs> It's, the rules are slightly different, aren't they? You know, you, it was well, you, apparently not. Yeah, no, yeah. You'd <laughs> like to think they would be. You know, what I mean, it should be a bit more relaxed than it should be. And the thing is, like you say, if you read more into it, and there's a there's a bigger story at play in the sense that you know Paddy Power have you know they sponsored different clubs up and down the country, yeah. and they've made a point of having removed you know advertising from kits in the past and stuff like that. So these are if you look at the bigger picture, but clearly the league's gone. No, that's it. That's it. Is you fine? You know, abide by the rules. There's got to be a bit more sense applied to it, hasn't there? There's a big debate as well at the moment about betting sponsors in football, particularly betting sponsors on shirts. And I think see... I think that's why they've cracked down, isn't it? Just because it's just because it's betting and people are like, oh well, you know, it's immoral, and it's like, well, yeah, but they're the ones with all the money in, well, in the modern day. You're not going to remove betting sponsors from football, exactly. Now, at the end of the day, unless and they go illegal, which you, they're never going to do. If you compare it to something like the Bet Red sponsorship of Derby County and was it 32 oh, Red 32 with Wayne Red, Rooney yeah. coming in and wearing the number 32 shirt? I mean, yeah. This is a much more positive campaign, removing the logos from football shirts than that, for example. I think because it's going to be become such a, a big, you know, moving forward in the next couple of years, it's beco- it's only going to get bigger and bigger. And I think they need to just apply some real sense to it, like we said, and, and maybe look at it on a case by case basis yeah. rather than going, "All oh, right, well, this applies to." You got to look. They say there's a bigger picture there at play, and actually trying to do something positive by, you know going we're still going to sponsor clubs but we'll do it in a different yeah. way maybe it's not going to be on the kit it's going to be at the, the grounds or whatever being smart about the way they're going to put advertise but it's got to be judged on a, on a case-by-case basis and especially when you're getting fines for far worse things that are lower yeah it's crazy i'd say football shirts without sponsors look brilliant as well they do, don't they? exactly looks great newport county the other day their kit looked great when they were playing west ham yeah awesome. i mean that that's that's the uh the thing like Huddersfield of of uh, sorry Paddy Power have looked at everything, and they know that fans always moan about whatever sponsor is on the kit. So they've looked at it and gone, well, we'll take it off. It's clever for us. It makes us look good. We're still paying the money. We're still yep. getting the brand advertisement because of all the PR off the back of it. Chose Huddersfield because they were the biggest club. They got on board. Mm. Used the the mock up kit, which cost them like next to nothing to just stick up, uh, make and put put it out. And they thought, ah, it's an unofficial game, fine, nothing will come of this. And Paddy Bell were probably prepared for the fine as well. Yeah, the irony is that this However, fine has actually increased the amount of brand awareness <laughs> exactly. that Paddy Bell will be yeah. off the campaign. It's just it's baffling, honestly. But you know, if I was a player at Huddersfield, I'd be like, well, if this isn't, if you're 
at this official game, you're you're classing this as an official game, I'd be like, all my goals in pre-season for the last four years, they've <laughs> counted, right? I want them added to my tally. I want my goal-scoring bonuses and everything as well. Exactly. <laughs> if they're official. The really interesting part of this story, I thought, was that Martin Coy, who was the referee of the match, he said in his statement to the FA that the Huddersfield chairman approached him before the game and asked him to ban the kit and said, basically, if you ban this kit, we know we're going to get fined for wearing this. If you ban it... Paddy Power still get the exposure. We still get the exposure. Probably more so because the referee's taken a step to ban it, but the referee said that's not really my job to do. Oh, imagine all the hate the referee would get. Yeah. If I was that referee, I'd be like, absolutely not, lads. (laughs) Not a chance of I doing that. Quick quiz before we move on. What was the record fine handed out by the FA non-transfer related? You can have a stab at the number if you don't know the incident. I was I was surprised how high this was. One and a half million. Lower. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say, I think much lower. I think it's a couple of hundred thousand. I reckon maybe 250k. Well, combined, it was just over half a million quid. And it was for two clubs, Chelsea and Spurs, who in the 2015-16 campaign, you might remember the 2-2 draw, got a little bit feisty. Three counts of failing to control their players. Chelsea got... 375 grand fine Tottenham were hit with 225,000 pounds which actually it sounds like a lot of money but it kind of fits with modern football doesn't it yeah I wonder how they like actually add it up and go oh hang on a minute he swore again that's another two grand he's raised his fist I'm at five and a half K for that yeah what was that yeah do you know what I mean yeah well apparently the word twat is worth 90 grand because remember Ashley Cole got fined 90 grand for calling the FA a bunch of twats on Twitter wow I'd love love to see like the tariff (laughs) (laughs) uh, like a printed bill brilliant there are a few people I would pay 90 grand to call a twat at the FA probably (laughs) (laughs) right we're going to come back in a minute speaking of which we're going to talk about Roy Keane and his comments about Sir Speaking Alex Ferguson. Speaking of <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson. We'll get onto that very shortly. We've got a couple of listener questions coming up as well on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. I'm Jim Salverson. Adam Brown's over there. Marley Anderson's over there and we've been taking a few of your questions on Football Social Daily. You can get in touch via our Twitter account at The Sports Social. If you do want to ask a question, get in touch, debate what we're saying, whatever it is, at Football Social on Twitter is the place to go to that. We're going to get onto the questions very soon, but first I want to talk briefly about Roy Keane and his love-hate relate. Well, I said love-hate, hate-hate relationship <laughs> with Sir Alex Ferguson. An interview that came out yesterday talking about basically... Denying the club, Roy Keane was basically criticising Alex Ferguson's status as a club legend and the idea that Fergie always had the best interests of the club at heart because Fergie was victim to a little bit of nepotism every now and again with his son, Darren Ferguson, who he had as a scout, who he helped out with loan moves during his time as a manager at Preston and whatnot. Are these fair comments in any way from Roy Keane or is he just still a little bit bitter about the way he was shipped out of the club? 100%. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm saying this as a Man City fan. <laughs> How anyone, anyone at all can sit there and say Alex Ferguson isn't a legend at Man United or doesn't deserve mm. the plaudits he gets is absolutely senseless. I mean, the thing, I don't care if he's if he wants to bring his nan in to to work and his brother and his. I don't care. It doesn't matter if you were getting the results that he got. It doesn't matter if he brought Darren Ferguson in and he won a league and all that. All right, yeah, he wasn't a great footballer and he probably there's an element there that he only played for United because his dad was the manager. But it doesn't matter. Like he's just clearly bitter about the way it all ended and the fact that you know Ferguson 
in, in United fans' eyes, can do no wrong. He's ne- he, I mean, Roy Keane. I've got. I, I do like the guy. I, I think he's really. I, I do think. I do. <laughs> Angry wasp he, of a footballer. He is, Roy but he's, he's just. He just. He, sometimes the stuff that he comes out with on on, on TV is just so ridiculous. That it just makes me laugh. Um, but for that, I just think to be said, he's, he's making himself look daft now. Mm. He just looks bitter, and it just looks really, really. I mean, I don't know. You can't say for Sir Alex Ferguson is not a legend. He's not as good as people make out. It's just a stupid thing to say. I mean, the idea that he didn't have the best interests of the club at heart. Can you buy that in any way whatsoever? No, <laughs> not no. at all. <clears throat> he's um, I don't. I just. It's just Roy Keane, isn't it? He's he he's just full of hate for. Everything like you can see a cute little puppy on the dining but I'm gonna kick that. Like, no, <laughs> he likes dogs. Yeah, I do. He does love dogs actually. Yeah, absolutely loves dogs. Um, yeah, he's just he. It's just over and over again. Like everyone knows that when you have him on telly or when you hire him mm. at clubs he's been at in the past, he's just a resentful man. He doesn't get on with anyone. Um, and then to try and drag um Alex Ferguson's name through the mud. I mean, come on. I'm just looking at some of the teams. Fergie won matches with like in the Champions League he's playing like Darren Fletcher and Michael Carrick at centre back in one of the Champions League games that he won Sung Park at right back and it's like if you can make any team win any game they once played seven defenders in a in a in a Premier League game seven defenders Darren Gibson and then two strikers mm-hmm. it's like if you have that level of like talent to make clubs win games with people like that you're trying to pull his name through the mud and actually say oh well he, he wasn't that good it's like he he was. I mean, I tell you, he wasn't that good, Roy. You. I mean, so, that's uh, the thing is, that it, it it doesn't damage Fergie's reputation at the club. It damages Roy Keane's reputation, and he is still held as a club legend currently at Manchester yeah. United. The amount of people that say we need a Roy Keane, yeah. and he's a club legend at United. He is. I mean, he captained the United team to so many cups, and you know, he's won he's won so many things, and he was a huge influence on that team in the nineties and the two thousands for United. Undoubtedly, he was. And when they say they need a Roy Keane, I think they need, you know, there is some truth in that. They need a leader. They need someone who's going to be able to sort of, you know, inspire the younger players mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think the thing is with Keane, he just operated on fear. And, he, and, and and that's the thing. People feared him because it was like, you know, demanded 100% yeah. all the time. You've got to be on it. You play for United. And he had the, the values and the way, the way he presents himself. But I think now in the later stages, you know, since he's retired and since he's been out of management... He just comes across as being bitter. And I think I watched a documentary with him a good few years back when it was him and Patrick Vieira and they're talking about their rivalry and stuff like that. And they had to pick like a, a combined United and Arsenal team from all the players that they played with. And he just left players out who clearly should have been in the team <laughs> just because of his own personal agenda. Yeah. Like they picked a right back and from, it should be Gary Neville, right? From, yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, we'll put, we'll put uh, Lauren in instead. So it's like, <laughs> it's like all right, all right, all right, he played all right in the Invincibles, but come on, Neville should be there. Giggs wasn't in the team. Um, mm. Because he didn't like him, they left out. You know, um, it was there's someone else. There's another big name that he left out just because he'd had an issue with him before, and that was it. The manager didn't think Ferguson should be the manager of the team. I think Wenger ended up managing the team. It's just ridiculous Jeez, things yeah. like that, and you just go, it's clearly his own agenda. He's got an issue, but that for someone who likes to be straight talking and you know no nonsense, I feel like there's that, a lot of nonsense yeah, going it's on. All <laughs> in and he's become a little bit hypocritical now. If you want to see the video, speaking of Gary Neville, you need to watch Gary Neville's face. It's by our buddies over at Off The Ball, which is an Irish football podcast. At Off The Ball, you can find them on Twitter. Watch the video and watch Gary Neville's face as Roy Keane makes these comments. It is a picture. He does not know what to do. <laughs> he's just sat there like, oh, shit, he's off again. It's absolutely perfect. Right, let's move on to some questions we've had from podcast listeners. The first one 
is not a strictly podcast listener, more someone I've been having an argument with on Twitter <laughs> over the last 24 hours. <laughs> um, We're not going to take you outside, Jim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might do. At uh, M3 underscore Arsenal is this guy. And I thought I'd bring this question to the podcast because I thought it was an interesting question. He tweeted, oh, uh, Sergio Aguero is without doubt a decent striker. Fair enough, can't argue with that. But would he be as impressive at a smaller club <laughs> with less talented players around him? Discuss. I'll let you start this one, Adam, as the City fan in the room. Yeah, I mean, what probably the most underrated striker in the, the, in the Premier League in the last 10 years. Like, people don't put him in that top bracket for some reason. And he's absolutely unbelievable. Of course he would. It'd be, it'd, you know, if he played for Southampton, he'd be there for a season, then someone would sign him. Mm. He's absolutely un- incredible football player. So underrated. And all right, yeah, he's surrounded by great players. Um, probably even better players now than when he first joined the club. But he's still scoring goals from de- from his first season at City. So yeah, I mean, he'd still get the credit, but he won't be at a small club for very long. That's the thing. That's the issue. I mean, that's the argument this fella makes. That is that there are great strikers in the Premier League. The three that he lists as the great strikers who have been able to do it at smaller clubs, I'm not sure I completely agree with. But I kind of take the point. He lists Ian Wright, Jermaine Defoe. And Kevin Phillips randomly as three players who have Ian done Wright. it. Ian Wright. Ian Wright, who was at Arsenal, uh, and Jermaine Defoe was at Spurs. But that, but Jermaine Defoe started at West Ham, scored goals there. Ian Wright started at Palace. Scored so is goals he saying Aguero before he's at City as well, being at Atletico as well, that he had a you know a pretty good and Independiente, Independiente before that was it in Argentina? Mm, yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Ian, Ian Wright didn't wasn't it wasn't a small club and uh, all right yeah he, he was at Palace as well. But, yeah, yeah, but but he got they get snapped up when you and mm. that's the whole thing, isn't it? That's the whole, if you if you perform well at a smaller club, you're going to get the big move. And that's happened to Aguero. I still think it'd be amazing. I'll tell you, probably does for me kind of fit into that category, Jamie Vardy to an extent. I do yeah. think that he's done it, you know, consistently at yeah. Leicester. Um, but that shows that, you know, what what, what is, what is the point that, oh, if he moved to City, he'd score double the goals he got Leicester. No, he'd still <laughs> score goals no matter where he plays, someone like Vardy. If you put Aguero in Leicester City's well, if Vardy's scoring he, goals, Aguero's going to score goals. Is he still going to score 20-plus a season? Because that's the thing about Aguero that I think is phenomenal, that he came to City in 2011, and all but two of those seasons, and one, he was out through injury for quite a large portion of it, he has scored 20-plus goals a season, yeah. which is absolutely incredible. And I don't think there's another striker in the Premier League you're going to hold a light to that. And he doesn't get credit. He doesn't seem to get the credit for some reason. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm just being biased as a City fan, but I don't feel like other... Clubs hold him in the same regard mm. that they should. You know, I mean, his record for the Premier League. You know, like in Spain, you'll get you know the the ridiculous um, you know stats of the the Messi's and Ronaldo's and that, and you see, and they basically score as many goals as they played games. Aguero's record for the Premier League is absolutely phenomenal. It's incredible, and I do think that oh, you're right. You, you might not have as good a service if you played at um, Watford or whatever, but he'd still score. A lot of goals. He's yeah. going to be doing. He could. Hit, he could hit twenty goals a season. I think. And you have to remember that City now, the city that we think, well, any of us three could play up front and probably grab five goals a season with yeah. that kind of service. <laughs> yeah. It's only been that city for two seasons. Yeah, exactly. There's I mean, another seven seasons before that yeah. where they haven't been at that level where Sergio Aguero has continually performed. Yeah, I mean, for me, he's just he's huge underrated. One of the most underrated players in the Premier League. I know people do rate him, but I don't think they rate him highly enough. And he would score even if he played for Watford. Can you add any balance to this argument at all, Marley? Um, I was just going to say that people like, so he compared him to um, Jermaine Defoe, for example. Jermaine Defoe was at top clubs. Um, He went from West Ham, he was a very obviously promising guy. He went to Spurs um, and he was never, he was the one who got dropped for Robbie Keane and for Berbatov Mm -hmm. and for people like that. So 
he he was a guy who could score at, at the uh, in the sort of slightly smaller teams. Then he got a move to the big club, and he ultimately wasn't good enough. Then he scored a load of goals at Sunderland, which is almost this question in a nutshell: like, could he could a good player score at a lower team? Yeah, of course he could. He, he would look even better because he would score goals with shit teammates. Mm. And it's like it's similar to the argument with. Um, with Alan Shearer, like a lot of people said, how many goals would he have scored if he went to Man United? He, he got 206 in the Premier League for Newcastle, and it's like, well, he'd have scored a shitload more, but he scored 206 with poorer teammates over the course of, you know, 13 years or whatever it was. So Aguero would score in any team you'd put him in. It's it's that He doesn't need the service. He just gets the service at mm. Man City. So, he, yeah, 15 of his 20 goals a season might be six-yard tappings, but you've got to be good enough to get to that that level in, in your team and making your debut at 16 at Independiente, getting a move to Atletico at 18, 19, wherever it was, stayed there for a few years, bagged a ton of goals. It scored one and two pretty much for both those clubs. Yeah, and Atletico weren't as good as they are no. now. Like, they, people uh, forget, only a few years back, they were scrapping relegation. They had an awful season a few years ago. Um, and then it's only in the last Simeone years that they've, they've been one of Europe's best sides. So it's that kind of thing where Aguero scored a load there and then because he was too good for the smaller teams City went right we'll have him and mm. it's the best what was it 35 million whatever he was it's the best money they've ever spent but you the, uh, the, the only thing I could do to sort of counterbalance it and I know counterbalancing is my own argument here a little bit <laughs> um, someone but, has to but the thing is though you don't really it, was, it used to be a time in the Premier League and not that long ago maybe 15 years ago-ish when you used to get a lot of players who could score 20 plus goals like Kevin Phillips used to do it a lot Sunderland, you know, he used to bang in the goals. Rashford did it a lot, didn't yeah. he? No, he, did. I, he scored a fair few goals. He had a couple of seasons yeah. where he, I'd say, he, he hit over 15 All for right. a couple of I seasons. I think he got the most goals in a season. I think he got 32 yeah. once. So I'm sure he, yeah, he got baffles me up off the back of it, didn't he? Yeah, as a Newcastle fan, I hated that. Yeah. He's got every <laughs> yeah. fucking week. Yeah, but <laughs> even before then, in the 90s, you'd get other strikers. Like It seemed like at a time, like most teams would have um, you know, a striker who could get them towards the 20 goals a season. Mm. But now it's quite hard to, to do that to find somebody you get it. Who can do it consistently? That's why someone like Vardy, who I mentioned, um, you know, is is someone who I feel like has done that. But Aguero, you can put him in any team, and he's going to bag up. That's my personal opinion on it. Not every team had a twenty-plus goal a season striker. Adam West Ham have not had one since Tony. Cotty. Tony Cotty. I was going to say nineteen eighty-seven. Was that long ago? No, but I thought like in that. I'm sure it was nineties at least, wasn't it? Was it 80s? I thought it was eighty-seven. But I think didn't he go back though? He was at Everton, then he went back. Yeah, he did. But but just you think about it, right? You had you know Les Ferdinand. He when he was at Spurs before Spurs were good as well, and at Newcastle. Yeah, he bagged tons for Newcastle in that season. He was there. You had like Mark Bright at Sheffield. Wednesday, yeah. used to, so Chris Armstrong at Crystal Palace. All these players were, were like you couldn't guarantee your goals. Yeah, Stan Collymore. You I know, it's because so, the goals tended to go through the strike. This is this is a discussion yeah. for another time. But but the formation is different now. You've got goals from, from your everywhere. front three, everywhere, and then yeah. your three attacking midfielders yeah. or whatever isn't. Then you had a front two yeah, that was it. who would get all your goals. And that's much. probably like Ian Wright at, at Arsenal to an extent. Yeah. That was kind of just before you know the, the Wenger era really won it. But yeah, Aguero, put him in any team and you could get 20 goals minimum a season. Incidentally, we'll be discussing Aguero's inclusion in the FIFA Pro list. He's one of the strikers being nominated in that on Saturday mornings. Football Social Daily. They'll be discussing every selection in the FIFA Pro list. You can listen to that tomorrow morning. Before we finish, one more question. It's from Mr Banana Syrup Sauce. 
don't know if that's his real name. He <laughs> says, do you think the gap between the top teams in the Premier League and everyone else is growing bigger every season? The top group is City, United, Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. Then he says, Leicester, Everton, Wolves are kind of in the middle and everyone else stands no chance. Is the gap getting bigger? Is the gap getting smaller? I'd say it's it's getting slightly bigger. I mean, the the money of the top six that they can bring in and the quality they've got on the pitch is far, far superior to the seventh best team in the Premier League, mm. or it should be. Um, where, what I would say is that the top six is, for me, is it's the top two in the other four now. Yeah. The, there's a massive gap. It used to be a few years ago, it was, it was the top four, and that was the race. It was the top four and everyone else, and now it's the top six and everyone else. But even in that top six, it's it's just it's Liverpool and C, and then it's uh, you know Spurs, Arsenal, Man United, and Chelsea just sort of scrapping with each other to see who comes out on top of the little fourteen pile to, to see who finishes third. But yeah, in terms of the the top six and the bottom fourteen, the, it is it is getting getting. Uh, Wider, See, I, I don't know about this. I think football now is more unpredictable in terms of results than it has been for a good five years. And my betting account only has testament to that <laughs> the last time I won an acre of any kind. But I think there is a closing gap. I think you're right. Top two, Liverpool and City are miles ahead of everyone at the moment. But beyond that, you've got teams that are making a good fist of getting into that top six. And you've got investment coming into the league through clubs like Wolves and through clubs like Aston Villa who can now go some way to competing with those top six and begin to build teams that can challenge. So I think it is maybe contracting a little bit and I think it will continue to contract. Whether anyone can catch Liverpool or City or whether Liverpool and City fall away, whether it's Klopp or Pep leaving and they're back to having to rebuild or what it is, I don't know. But I do think that top six kind of is up for grabs outside of that elitist top two. Do you know that like, a couple of years back, um, you know, you'd, you'd see like a, an Everton or someone like that sneak into that top six, maybe, or even when you know when they had Moyes and they, you know now and again they try and get that like, last Champions League place or whatever. Um, but it's difficult now because I think if you look to everyone's predictions for the final table this season, the Premier League, the top six are going to be the same, not in the same order necessarily, but those mm-hmm. six teams are going to be in everyone's top six. Mm. So that shows how nailed on it is. I think there's now some teams in that sort of the lower kind of end of the uh, of the Premier League, um, you know, maybe like Bournemouth, Newcastle perhaps, who think we'd love to do what Everton and um, Wolves have done and be in that kind of, they're just, just ready, just in case one yeah. of the, you know, in case Arsenal or United or whatever have a really, really bad run and be there and just to... Because there is almost like three leagues now within the Premier League, isn't there, I think? Yeah. You know, and it's quite defined. That middle one is literally three teams pretty much in it as well. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's that's what people, now those teams below, rather than a couple of years back, it might be like, oh, we're going to go for Europe. It's almost like we need to get into that Everton, Wolves, Leicester league first and then we can try Yeah, and go, it's like you know. one step at a yeah, time. Yeah, but every so- now and again, you get that one team that breaks away and does disrupt people, whether it's Leicester City winning the Premier League, which won't happen again in probably any of our lifetimes. But... There will be teams, and there will be a Leicester City or a West Ham or an Everton. It's probably our Wolverhampton Wanderers between those four that do sneak into the top six this but, season. But the thing is, the weird thing about that, the, the, even you know the Leicester thing, not to dwell on it too much, but th- no one saw that coming at all. And it, you know, we're saying it probably will be an Everton, a, you know, a Wolves or a Leicester. We never thought that would was Leicester when that happened, and no. it was Leicester. Do you know what I mean? That's like <laughs> we could sit here now and go, oh, you know what. It could be Watford, you know. Mm. It could be Bournemouth. I mean, won't be Watford. <laughs> I bet you'd have said it wouldn't have been Leicester this season before it actually happened. You don't know. Could be West Ham. 
Won't be West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Adam, thank you very much. Marley, thank you very much. We'll have another podcast out Saturday morning, which is normally our Premier League preview show. We'll be looking ahead to the England game and talking about some other Premier League news as well. Click subscribe and you'll get that episode as soon as it's ready. And we'll see you next time on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. I love my club. Every match, the manager, every player who's pulled on the shirt. Don't just talk to me about football. Talk to me about my one and only. I love my club, but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only. With Sports Social, get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.